Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a non-profit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Deborah Moore. And my name is Emily Hecken. And we're your hosts yeah, today. We are, except this time... I am interviewing Emily about her life and fun things. This is going to be 30 episodes. Just buckle up. <laughs> Just kidding. So when Emily was born. No, no. one cares. No. no, no. It'll be a fun story, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, of course, we know Emily. She's my sister. Awesome. Emily Hacken. She is running Mountain Mamas and all of that good jazz. Has two cute littles. Um, lives in Lehigh. And then... Married. Married. An amazingly patient and incredible man. Yeah. Also, we work as a nurse. Mm-hmm. And... I do hospice and home health. No one seems to care about home health. They all are excited about hospice. But it's true. <laughs> There's some pretty cool things that happen in hospice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, you have a lot of cool stories that come from it. So. It's true. It's true. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. And then your interesting fact. Do you want to talk about a fun and less common food that you have eaten. So when I was in Peru, I decided to eat some of the local cuisine. And so we went out to dinner and we had the opportunity to eat guinea pig, which is something that they just eat down there and it's fantastic. And I would have to say, as someone who had a guinea pigs when I was a child, it was not as traumatizing as I thought it was going to be, but there also wasn't a lot of meat there. And I felt bad that this little guinea pig had to perish for me to have like four bites of food. And I felt so sad. And it did look like a guinea pig. It was pretty much like baked and, mm. and you saw their little bodies and, and it was kind of a little sad. But um, but you know, if you are a Peruvian, like that's what you do. Yeah. That's what you eat. So Oh, for sure. Well, that's actually, I remember uh, Nalina, she's my youngest, uh, she had just heard, I guess I was just talking about different food and mentioning guinea pigs that they were eating. And she was kind of like, what? And I was just like, yeah, because I'm like, yeah, they probably don't have a whole lot of meat on them, but they're something that's there and you eat them. And I was like, it's not like a little hamster, although those would be like little bite size. And, and I, and I, and I went as if I was like chucking one into my mouth and she flipped out. Did she have a hamster at the time? She didn't, but she was just like, Mom! I mean, never mind that I am basically vegetarian, so I don't know. (laughs) But she, yeah, she totally, like, freaked out. It was, I laughed. My oldest laughed. Melina was not not having it. Phoenix thought it was funny, but Melina was not. Oh, you know, you gotta help your children be grounded. Right, right. She's like, it's fine. Everybody eats. Anyway, the real reason is that Emily was going to be talking about Timpanogos, the mountain that we have that looms large and beautiful in Utah. In our Utah County Utah Valley. Utah County Valley, and it's so beautiful. We love it. And she's been there many a time. I was going to, I wanted to share about the winter summits of Mount Timpanogos. So in our little valley that we live in, um, I think the biggest cities are Provo, Orem, that kind of stuff, Springville. And there's a university, Brigham Young University. Anyway, those are all in this big valley with a huge lake in it. And then skirting the east side of this valley is this beautiful mountain. It goes up to 11,000 feet. And we live at about five. So it's huge and it's long. It's not just like a pointy mountain. It's like a long ridge line of a mountain mm-hmm. that actually from the backside of the mountain looks like the um, a woman sleeping. And so there's some Native American Stories that I don't know involving in Timpanogos, but um, supposedly that's where it got its name. But anyway, it's this big mountain, and it's 
gorgeous and epic. And we like to hike it for Mountain Mamas every year in the summertime. And like, we'll go camping and do it as an overnight or we'll do it at night or whatever. Because it's a big hike. It's 16 miles round trip. So it's no easy thing. Mm -hmm. But um, I've been doing it in the summertime for a long time. And I had this dream of doing it in the winter when I was in college. It was so I have wanted to climb this mountain in the wintertime for like 20 years. It was like a thing because I had had so many fails. I failed at this mountain four times before finally summiting it in the winter. So when was the first time you tried it then? So that was in college. Okay. And that was probably the funniest one <laughs> because um, I was with two guy friends in July, which you mm -hmm. think July, that should be fantastic and easy and no snow. But the ranger at the bottom was like, uh, he looked at us and what we were carrying. He's like, um, you're going to need more gear than what you have. Like an axe, some crampons, some rope. And mm -hmm. we're like, yeah, we got it. We're okay. <laughs> and we were heading up in the evening too. Oh my gosh. We were so uh, ill-prepared. That ranger was probably like, I do not want to pull your bodies off this mountain. I am going to be pulling your bodies out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call search and rescue ahead of time. Right. I know. So we start hiking and... Um, it starts getting a little darker or duskish they, and, and the snow starts creeping up on the trail. And we're like, oh, shoot. Yeah, I guess that ranger knew what he's talking about, <laughs> right? So we think, well, we don't have axes. So we whittled, we literally grabbed sticks out of the wood and whittled them points. And we're using that as like a, a spear kind of Whoa. Um, to kind of, to keep us from sliding in the snow. Because you're stabbing them into the we're snow. We're stabbing them in the snow with our big backpacks and things and... Um, we didn't have crampons, like those spikes on the bottom of your feet. So that's the best we had for sliding in the snow. We thought, we got this. We're, you know, no problem. We have boots on, right? We don't have running shoes. In our 20s, we're invincible. <laughs> so we made it pretty far. I would say we made at least a couple hours. And then it started to get, like, darker, like, you know, more dusky dark. And mm -hmm. um, we had, at that point, realized that our dreams of summiting, <laughs> or at least getting close to the summit that evening, were, like, were just outrageous. Anyway, so... We were like, we're just going to try and find a place to camp. And then we're going to tuck our tails in our, our legs in the morning and run out of this place. So we were just trying to find like a meadow of snow mm -hmm. that we could put our tents in. And we were just having the worst luck. And it was just trees and scrub oak and slopes and stuff like that. And so we finally see like this possible option up this snowy 30 degree slope that went up to a ridge. Not even a ridge, like a little kind of a mini basin that we're like, okay, that's going to be our golden yeah. ticket. Yeah. But we had to get up there and it was choked on the sides by trees and scrub oak and things. So we didn't want to hike through those. We're like, we got to go up this slope. Now we were smart enough to realize that we probably, there was a chance that one of us might fall climbing up this snowy slope. And we were doing this in the early evening. And so the snow mm -hmm. was kind of mushy still mm. um, from the whole day of sun. And so we, my friend Phil... Shout out to Phil. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, my friend Phil had the smarts to bring a rope. And we're like, oh my gosh, you're brilliant, right? We're so prepared for this. So we like, I don't know, square knotted a knot between, like we, he went, one so was like at the, wrapped it around Wrapped it waist. around our waist. One was at the end, one was at the beginning. I was in the middle and we're like going to like parallel climb up this thing. So we're all walking next to each other, probably mm -hmm. about 10 feet apart up this mountain slope. We're thinking wow. we're with our pointy sticks, right? <laughs> like, we totally got this. And you're like, we are bad, eh? <laughs> and we did pretty good. I would say for like, 
probably 75% of it until it starts to like shoot up at like a 45 degree angle to the ridge. And we're like, oh, we hadn't thought about this far. <laughs> and sure enough, about that time, my one of my friends slips and he's like, what? And it was dark by now. And so I just hear a scream in the dark. And I'm like, I don't know who that was, but I just like hunkered down and held my stick. Like I just like... <sighs> took my stick and put it in the ground and I just like held onto it really tightly and just kind of bent down over it until I felt the like the rope catch. Uh-huh. Don't ask me if this was a dynamic or a static rope. I don't know. I felt like it was like a hemp rope. I feel like we were like 1800s climbing. Anyway, so that pulls and I'm like, oh, I got him. And I'm like, I gotcha. He's like, thanks. He's like all flailing down there as he's trying to scramble and get his, you know, bearings again. Mm-hmm. And as I'm holding him I'm at the same, like just minutes later, this I hear another scream from my other friend. He's like, wah! And he totally falls too. Oh, and he falls no. all the way down and like pulls on the rope. But I'm like hunkered down. as deep. Yeah. Anyway, I was so proud of myself. Yeah. I remember sitting there at the I top of this slope going, oh my gosh, my little pointy stick. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've got this. I'm a mountaineer. Right? <laughs> I mean, I, I, if I did anything ever that cool, like even even if it was like ill-conceived, like if I ever did anything that I would be the same way, I'd be like, oh, hurry. <laughs> like, look what I, I did. I got this. You yeah. know, crampons. Anyway, so it was pretty awesome. We they managed to like mm. climb up and we made it up and over the ridge, found a little oh. patch of snow. Um, we pitched our tent, and like the fools we were, we built a fire, which of course melts down into the snow. It was actually hilarious. Anyway, um, we put it on <laughs> and, some and wood. How steep was it? I mean, I'm just thinking like avalanche danger and stuff. Like oh my that. gosh, we had no idea about avalanches. We didn't even think about avalanches. Okay, I'm just. We were like lucky that. to be in a big basin, and the slopes were far enough away. Okay. Yeah. Now, knowing what I know now, oh my gosh, it was hilarious. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so that was my first attempt at Timpanoga. So obviously, that was a brutal fail. And I mean, but also really epic all at the same time. It was epic, you know. So, so how how epic. high did you guys make it? Do you know or? Oh, uh, I think Trailhead's like eight thousand. I think we made it nine five. <laughs> if that, I don't know. We it was not. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it was just epic for us. Mm-hmm. So the next time I went up, I um, had met my friend Aaron. And we had been... And you guys, listeners, have heard of Erin, I'm sure. Erin has been featured on other podcast episodes for the Moonlight Wolves and Avalanche and Bryce Canyon. Anyway. Yeah. She's basically one of our sisters at this point. <laughs> She's an amazing woman. So we had been friends for a while now. And we I had talked her into this idea of, let's go do Timpanogos in the winter. And so we realized that we probably didn't have the skills to do it ourselves. Because we wanted to summit. And so we had found a guy from a climbing club... He was also taking some other scouts, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing um, one route called the Aspen Grove route, which is a w- summertime route, um, but it's in a real narrow valley gully that takes yeah. you up. Avalanche danger is so high. <laughs> I don't know why he was taking us up this route. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking, I'm like, it's gorgeous when it, the weather's warm enough, but ooh. And, and what time of year did you say this one was again? Okay, so this is in the winter time, probably oh, January, right. February, okay. and the plan was to just go early morning, hike all day, get down, right? That so we live so early, and we start climbing, and the snow's getting more mushy, and we're in this big basin, and it's coming up and up into another big basin, and right at the, the kind of the bridge between both basins, he's like, wait, stop, and we hear this like, And we literally watched like a mini avalanche come off these cliffs 
down the canyon where we'd already been from mm -hmm. us. And then I think it triggered another one. Anyway, we like literally sat there and listened to avalanches. And we're like, okay, I feel like we're done. We're probably going to go back. But oh no, he's like, let's just let it settle. And we just like hung out there for a while. Mm -hmm. And he was going to go, like he wanted to go for the summit. And we got, I think we even hiked another little bit, if I remember right. But then he found out that some of the scouts mm -hmm. had not brought crampons. <laughs> and there is no freaking way you can summit the mountain mm -hmm. without crampons. You can make it up the snowy basins, but once mm -hmm. you get to those ridge lines, they're rock cliffs. There's like a thousand foot cliff. And anyway, and so he was disheartened that the scouts were not that prepared. And I remember being like so bummed because mm -hmm. I'm like, I brought crampons. I have energy. <laughs> we made it through the avalanches. I feel like we could do this. And we can leave like, Timothy behind. It's <laughs> his own fault. Anyway, so that was my second attempt. Uh -huh. So we were thwarted by avalanches, which is a good reason to be thwarted and gear. So Yes. Yes. To, to, to head on back down. <laughs> so the third attempt, third and fourth were yeah, I was starting to get serious. I'm like, I've got to find a good group of people to climb with. Mm -hmm. I still don't have the mountaineering skills to do this on my own. So there was a climbing club at the time called the Utah Climbing Club based out of Utah County that um, would go up every year. And it was like their kind of annual trip to do is to take mm -hmm. newbies like myself and summit Tim. And I'm like, Yay. that was the only reason I joined this club. It cost like $250. And <laughs> it was the only trip of all the ones they did mm -hmm. that year that I really wanted to do. And, and so, and about how long ago was this? This is probably about 14 years ago, okay. I would say. Yeah, before okay. I was married. And so I went with a friend, uh, with Erin, and I talked her into this because she's not a mountaineer, <laughs> especially after the last one. And then she's like, oh, I don't know. And she's not super big into heights either. Mm -hmm. And it, so this climbing club was doing a different route. They were going from the west, um, the valley side. So we're going from where the city is and climbing the, literally mm -hmm. the whole mountain. We're not starting high up in the canyon. We're starting from the base of the mountain all the way to the top. Mm -hmm. And it's called the Everest Ridge Route. Mm -hmm. And apparently it's the best route to do in the wintertime because in the summertime, you can't hike from the west side because there's just these massive cliff bands and rock slides and craziness. Oh, it's just not okay. even feasible to climb it. But in the wintertime, it all gets covered in snow. Mm -hmm. And so you just like step up it and you're like, do, do, do. And the avalanche danger is less because it slides sooner because it's more steep. Does that make sense? Like not at all, <laughs> but I'm believing you. <laughs> Like if you have slopes that are so steep, they're constantly oh, avalanche. Okay. So they don't have the chance to build up this. Okay, snow. yeah, that doesn't actually okay. Yeah. And and granted, there are still some avalanche dangers areas up there, but they're nothing like they are on the east side of the mountain where mm -hmm. I'd been doing it before. Okay. So um and they've been watching the weather and things like that. And so we thought we were gonna have a chance. And so you actually start from Dry Creek Canyon and you hike up um I gosh, maybe three and a half miles or something, mm -hmm. but you start at ten o'clock at night. In you the winter. I know. It's so crazy. Yeah. And it's usually a snowshoe at 10 o'clock at night and you meet the crew at the ridge or like the saddle of a, uh, one of the sub mountains. You hang out there. Erin and I had brought our bivvies. We were so stoked. I right? know what that is. So a bivvy is like a plastic shell for your sleeping bag. So it's like a one person tent that just goes right around oh, your sleeping okay. bag. And you put a little sleeping pad in there. Mm -hmm. And so we just... Like, because we're only going to sleep for a couple hours. So we're like, okay, we're going to throw our sleeping bags in there, mm -hmm. bed down for a few hours. And it's probably super light too, right? Yeah, really light. And then we leave that there. Mm -hmm. like, we leave all our overnight stuff. And so, it's, and then oh. three o'clock in the morning is when we head for the summit. 
And the idea is that you're going to try and get there by sunrise by like 7 a.m. Okay. Is the goal. And then you're hiking at night when the mountain is the quietest. Mm-hmm. They like to say on the big mountains, it's when they're sleeping. We don't we don't conquer mountains. We skirt up really quick and, and kind of climb on top of them and get off before they realize we're there. That's how people <laughs> really do the big mountains. <laughs> the same. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, with a lot of technical skill, of course. But um, so anyway, that's what we were going to do is do a night summit. And that's how they did it. And they're successful. So we're sitting there at camp in our little bivvies. And it's... And the weather is just not getting better, mm-hmm. not getting better. It had, storm had come in and we are sitting there and it is like white out conditions. And we're like, no, we can't do this. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so the white out conditions like made it. And then they said there was avalanches that were come that were like, it was, yeah, there were no po- possible avalanches in the area. And so they like called it off. So we're like, ah, Okay. So anyway, that was my third attempt. I, know, I was just thinking of the money where you're like, no, the 200 and whatever you pay. I know. <laughs> Clearly I had to do this once a year. So then um, the next year I thought, okay, that was great. We figured it out. Like this is mm-hmm. the best way to do it. So we got in the same groove, mm-hmm. got up there, got up to the saddle and just that place where we were camping did the exact same thing. I think this time Erin and I were in a tent. And then she confides in me that she's absolutely terrified and was super glad that last year it had blizzard. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, uh, she just didn't want to go. And she was feeling mm-hmm. sick. You know, mm-hmm. she just had, she just wasn't feeling so good. Yeah. And so I just, I was like, I'm all right. You know, I'm not going to push you. And yeah. I feel this loyalty to you. And so we just, I mean, and the weather was great. They were mm-hmm. all taken off. They were practicing their glissading skills. I right, so, that mean? So um, the climbing club has everyone hike up there in the night and they hang out there for a few hours. And then probably an hour or two before they actually take people up the mountain, they take them to a slope that's nearby that doesn't have avalanche danger as much. And they teach them how to use their mountaineering axe, which is a long okay. axe, probably about two or three feet long shaft, straight shaft with a pick and an add, like a pointy end and like yeah. a kind of a scoopy end. <clears throat> and... You hike up and then you take off your crampons. So important that you take off your crampons. Um, and then you put those in your pack and then you slide down on your butt and you use the long shaft with the mm-hmm. point at the end to kind of dig into the snow. And that's kind of what you use as your break as you slide down the mountain. Oh. And then if you're like going too fast, you do what's called self-arresting where you roll over onto your on your belly and use that pick, that pointy mm-hmm. part, and stick that into the snow Along with your elbows and your and your toes, mm-hmm. and hopefully all those points will slow you down. Okay, Does that makes sense. That totally makes sense. <clears throat> so they wanted to make sure everyone had these skills before they take them up on the mountain, because if you That's slip smart. anywhere up high, and you know the mm-hmm. idea is that you know the mountain's usually pretty. It's a big snowy slope, but mm-hmm. it's a snowy slope with intermittent cliffs and things like that, and it's a long way down. Mm-hmm. So they want to make sure everyone knows how to self arrest. So yeah. anyway, they were doing all that. So Erin and I went participated in that, learned all their skills, but then she's like. Peace out, I'm done. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I love you, okay, we will go. Yeah. <clears throat> so the fifth time, the next year, I was like, I am hell-bent on getting this mountain done. I am not talking, I'm like forming no alliances with anybody. I am going well, a woman solo. Right, and bless you for like trying so many times. Like you can tell how much you like really care. Like, I know. It probably had been a couple of years. That, yeah, I'm but, like, but still. I was like, I'm going to do this. This is going to, I got to do this summit. Mm-hmm. And I had another really cool friend, Lise, 
um, who was a fantastic um, mountaineer mm-hmm. and had done a lot of climbing. So I thought, okay, Lisa and I will go together with the climbing club and it should be great, right? And we were watching the weather and it was looking good. So we felt like that part would be, that element was taken out. Yeah. And so, yeah, night of the climb, we do the thing. We snowshoe up, we meet with the crew, we do the overnight, we sleep in our sleeping bags and tents and bivvies, whatever, for a few hours. They do the little glissading practice. And then I tell Lisa, I'm like, I love you, but this is one woman all on, I'm a, this is a one woman show. I am like all or nothing on this. I'm just going to, whatever my pace is, I've just got to stick to it. And I'm hell bent on summiting. Mm-hmm. This is, got, I've got to do this. And so she totally was super sweet and nice. And, and she mm-hmm. actually wasn't feeling it either. She had just gotten a little sick and mm-hmm. some things were happening. So she wasn't going her normal speed. Anyway, and so, but it was good because we were a big enough group that she could stay with other people. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was deserting her on the mountain. Yeah. And so I literally just started trucking up the mountain. And um, so at 3 a.m. we start going and we're a group of probably like 20. It was mm-hmm. a big crew. But they that had is. lots of guides in between and things like okay. that. And they're fast, like 20, early 20-something guys mm-hmm. had just like boogied up the mountain fast. And so we were like in their boot tracks, which means they're snow steps. Okay. And so you have like, because it's nighttime, the snow is cold and, and they frozen. they kind of that for you. Yeah. And so you've got your crampons on the bottom of your boots. So you're sticking into the snow and you're just kind of stepping in other people's steps. And there's no trail, of course, in the winter. So you make your own. And so they just kind of had made these little switchbacks all the way up. And they had said that... <clears throat> there was a section of cliff band that we'd probably have to go over a couple and that might be a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. I love how that's all they told us. Anyway, so we're going up and it's, this is nighttime. Remember, uh-huh. this is like like two th- or three, four in the morning mm-hmm. and we're going up and I've, I've learned this pattern for myself that um, when I'm doing mountains at nighttime, I'll take a goo, like those little corn syrup packets or whatever mm-hmm. And I'll put it in my pocket, and over that hour, I'll just suck on it. I'll rip a little bit and just mm-hmm. suck on and it. And get that glucose. And, and do that. Yeah, get that glucose for that hour. And then after an hour, I'll stop and do a five-minute break, and then pull out another one and do the mm-hmm. same thing and take some water, and then just do the same thing hour after hour after hour. Um, any more than that makes me sick. Mm-hmm. And um, anything else freezes, honestly. <laughs> like the bars, the blocks, all those kind of mm, that's true, things. Yeah. They all just freeze in the wintertime. So you really don't have much. Anyway, so that was my plan. So I just started going and um, passing people, people passing me. I wasn't really with any crew at all. And just kind of hopping along um, as we went up. We hit a section. It was like a little bulge in the snow where it had a rock climbing part. And they actually had got some ropes that they were had made a hand line for us to kind of help get up and over this rocky part. Mm-hmm. And you got to imagine like climbing rocks and crampons is a little tricky. I could imagine. Because it's not like rock climbing where you have your hands and because you've got gloves on, you've got an axe mm-hmm. and you've got spike. Anyway, so you just don't, unless you're doing this naturally as an ice climber or a mixed climber, like this is not something you normally do. So we were all pretty like, and most of us were newbies too. And so we're just kind of like fumbling around and it's the dark mm-hmm. and you're just, you don't know where you are in the mountain. Anyway, so managed to scramble over that, and I was so glad that they had a rope, and then kept going, and by now it's probably getting to be about 6 a.m. We're getting higher on the mountain. Mm -hmm. We're starting to get that morning glow, and um, that's when the big cliff band came. I was like, oh, this is what they were really talking about, and it was about a 30-foot section of cliffs Mm -hmm. um, that you just had to climb, and it was free climb. I don't know why no one put a rope there, of course, but... um, it was a section that you just had to use your axe and your crampons and just, just totally just climb it. Ice climb it, basically. Yeah, yeah. You're using your Whoa. axe just into the rock and your crampons yeah. into the rock. 
And I remember just like, it was just like one move at a time. It was doable, but it was just a little hairy because when you look by now, I could see below me. And it was, it goes down like 2,000 feet below, just all the way to the valley kind of a thing with intermittent cliffs in there too. And so you're just like, I mean, if I fall, I'm not going to die. I'm going to slide a really long way until I hopefully can self-arrest myself. But this is so freaky. It is. Well, and I, yeah, and I was just saying, you're definitely like down, downplaying how crazy this is. Holy cow. <laughs> and of course, I'm, I'm not with a friend or someone who's like, yeah. you got this. But I'm like, I'm really by myself. I think mm-hmm. I had gotten to this section in between a, gr- a couple groups. So I was just kind of mm-hmm. doing it on my own. I think there was one guy above me that just, I was able to at least see where the route was. Yeah. But yeah, that was so freaky. So it was like literally like one step at a time. And I was able to make it on top of that. And then from then, it was just beautiful ridge line mm-hmm. and the snow yeah. blows over these edges of the mountains and creates these huge cornices which is like a snow um at like a lip that yeah. kind of goes over and if you get too far on those cornices it'll break and you'll just fall to your death you know yeah. if that makes sense so anyway you're watching these ridges of the mountain mm-hmm. as i'm coming up to the ridge and just seeing first all where the steps were if they were there hopefully <laughs> they didn't fall to their deaths That's and then one, you want to make one, sure one nothing okay don't <laughs> go, go left <laughs> But the idea was that um, you wanted to stay a little farther on the west side of the mountain um, downwind to make sure that you weren't going to hit any of those cornices. So followed Mm -hmm. that, and it was just incredibly beautiful because the sunrise was coming up, and those mountains, they have the the snow turns this beautiful blue, and then you get the alpine glow of like this orangey cream, almost like a peach color that comes off in the mornings Mm -hmm. on sunrises, and it was Epic, and it was so great because it was just kind of like a nice. By then, it was a nice walk, probably about a hundred feet to this huge metal shack. It's kind of like a pyramid mm-hmm. with a rectangle <laughs> box around it. Anyway, that's the summit shack. Yeah. Anyway, which is covered except for probably the top three feet yeah, in the winter time. I'm imagining. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's show. epic looking in the winter. And like the snow's like blasted through and created like these horizontal icicles. And anyway, uh, so. But I was able to make it. I was like, yes! And of course, I'm by myself. There's like a couple people around. I'm like, yay! Well, I'm glad I'm here. (laughs) Someone take my picture. Anyway, so that was so cool. And then on the way down, it's so neat. And I knew that my friend, and they had a turnaround time. Because on these mountains, after a certain time, the mountain gets too warm. The snow Mm -hmm. starts getting really mushy. And then the avalanche danger really hypes up. Mm. So if you didn't make it to the summit by like eight or so, you had to turn around. That makes sense. And I knew I had left my friend way back. And so I know I was like, oh, part of me was sad. I'm like, I know she's not going to summit today. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of sad about that. But I um, was super <laughs> excited that I'd like been able to bust my yeah. butt fast enough to make it there. And then, yeah, it was just a climb back. We called the same way. Going down that rock was even more freaky because you could see. Mm. Anyway, climbing, I sometimes going up is better than coming down. Anyway, but there was more people around, and I feel like I had more mental and emotional support. Do you have anybody, like, to kind of help you with that first part when you're coming off the lip and down to the cliff? Do you know what I mean? Like, as you're coming It was kind of like snow right to the edge of the cliff. So you just kind of went for it. I don't know. Like, I don't don't even know how to explain it. It was just Mm -hmm. rocks and snow and ice, and you're just kind of scrambling and sticking stuff in, Mm -hmm. making sure you don't fall. But I remember looking, going, if I do fall... I mean, it is just, like, luckily this section just had snow below it. And mm-hmm. it wasn't, yeah, punishing boulders or something like that. Uh-huh. But it was still freaky. But then the nice thing is you get to these sections on the way down, which is every mountaineer's dream, where you can glissade like they had taught us. Yeah. And if the avalanche danger is good, fuzzy. you find a nice ridge. I'm not going down a valley or something like that. Find a ridge line that was mm-hmm. flat and steep. 
and you take off your crampons because we have a saying. This, I don't know if this has ever really happened, but if mm-hmm. you glissaded with your crampons and your crampons caught something, it would rip your leg off. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough for me never to do it. Anyway, so you always want to take your crampons off before sliding, pump mm-hmm. sliding down a mountain and at breakneck speeds on your butt. So, yeah. but that's what we did. And like, you can come off those mountains so fast mm-hmm. when you glissade. It's awesome. It slid down as far as I could. And was I, it glissade? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, and this time I didn't rip my pants off, which has happened before on other mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think I had a stuffed, tough pair of pants. But yeah, and that was it. That was my Yay! final summit of Timpanogos. Good job, charm. No, I mean, and even if, like, even if your friend, so probably you said definitely didn't make it. or Yeah, I saw her later and she had it. Yeah, she just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, you just got to be ballsy and go for it. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like anything, like, you know, you you have your goals and you can have buddies to support you and that's super fun. But ultimately, if it's really something you want to do, you got to be able to do do it. it. Yeah, you got to be able to be like, thank you, but right now I got to do this on my own. Yeah. And I don't mean to be smart about it, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and yes. I, I was lucky to have people around yeah, me that yeah. were, you know, able to help if mm-hmm. I had an emergency-ish, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And maybe not do the whole thing, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah. to be willing to push yourself. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, that was epic. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that because, yeah, I, I had not heard those stories yet. So that's really, really cool. <laughs> Sometimes it's for good reason. But yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Emily, for sharing your stories with us today. <laughs> and, of course, just to hear more fun and inspiring stories from women, women like Emily. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you get them um, as they are uploaded and as we put them up. And if you haven't already, if you're able to leave us a review, we would love that as well. It just helps people find the podcast. And that is it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountain.